I love talking about how good God is and how he wants to have a love relationship with us. And My sermon is about serving, yet I can't talk about serving until you understand how God wants to have a love relationship with you. So I wanted to first talk about a book. You probably remember the book, or how many remember the book, Purpose Driven Life? It came out 10 years ago by Pastor Rick Warren. And let me just read what it says about itself. A best-selling book which has sold 32 million copies and inspired millions to live on purpose for Christ is a manifesto for Christians living in the 21st century, a lifestyle based on eternal purposes, not cultural values. Using biblical stories and letting God speak for itself, Warren clearly explains God's five purposes for every believer. And I'm going to talk about those five right now. I'm just going to read them off so you know where I'm going here. We were planned for God's pleasure. So our first purpose is to offer real worship, which we're doing here this morning as part of that. We were formed for God's family. We were formed for God's family. So our second purpose is to enjoy real fellowship. That's why we have church and we enjoy fellowship with each other. We were created to become like Christ. So our third purpose is to learn real discipleship. That's why we come alongside each other and help us, help each other to become more like Christ. The fourth purpose is the one I'm going to be talking about mostly this morning, is we were shaped for serving God. So our fourth purpose is to practice real ministry. We were also made for a mission. So our fifth purpose is to live out uh, real evangelism. This book, the reason it took off, 35 million copies, pa- 10 years ago, for probably like three or four years, pastors all over the world were doing sermon series on this, and they were doing small groups. They had what was called 40 Days of Purpose. So they preached that many sermons, however many, 40, I guess that's six weeks, but I can't do my math that quick when I'm up here. You know, six weeks where they're preaching on it, and then they're having small group study. Why? That book resonated with Christians deep within their heart because we all know when we become born again, when the Lord resurrects our dead spirit, the Bible says that our spirit was dead to Christ. It was dead. Just our mind and our body, it's all, you know, we were like cavemen. That's what we were. When our spirit became alive... When Christ's spirit came within our spirit and resurrected it from the dead, we now had Christ's spirit living with our spirit. That's why we say, oh, God lives within me. God is in me because God's spirit has resurrected our spirit. Once that happens, we have the spirit of the living God in us. So no wonder we have this. For some, it might be an angst. For others, it's it's a passion be significant for God. Every believer has this. That's why so many of us are going to the school ministry that we have here. We have this hunger to be all we can be for God. It's within each one of you. If you're saved, if you're a born-again believer, it's there. Why do I know that? Oh, I just said, because the Spirit of God is within you. Now, some of you might be masking it. We all know about that, right? Workaholism. Indulgence, 
There's ways of masking that. But deep within us, deep within as a believer, because we're a child of the living God, we have that within us. Oh, I want to be more for God. And sometimes we come to church thinking that we're going to get the clues to it, and I guess we kind of do, or we come to church thinking that this is how we do it. And it is part of it. We come and we serve here, and and serving is what we're going to talk about. But purpose number one was God's pleasure. We were planned for God's pleasure. We can't understand serving God until we understand this love relationship that God wants to have with us and what he's doing through us with that love relationship. So we have to spend some time talking about that. There was once a married couple who didn't love each other. The day they got married, the husband handed his wife a list of chores for her to follow. He insisted that she do all the tasks on her list every day. The wife worked hard to accomplish her assigned duties, but she was miserable as she performed them. Ironing his his clothes, preparing his meals, cleaning house, every task was burdensome. Although she obeyed all his rules, she never enjoyed a loving relationship with her husband. Then one day, her husband died, and after several years, she married again. She fell in love with another man. The new husband never required her to do anything, much less a list of jobs. Instead, he showered her with love and did everything he could to make her happy. One day, this wife was joyfully cleaning house when she discovered her first husband's list of commands in a drawer. As she read the paper, it dawned on her that she was performing every task on the list, but now she was serving with joy instead of misery. Her love for her second husband inspired her to automatically do the jobs that her first husband had required. She had served her first husband out of duty, but her second husband out of love. God wants us to serve him out of jubilation, not obligation. Legalism adds weight to our work. Love gives wings to our service. That was written by a guy named Kent Crockett. So my text this morning is about serving, but we're going to spend a good deal of time talking about how we can't serve until we have a love relationship with God. Remember, that's one, serving is four. So let's turn, uh, actually, because I have three texts that's telling one story, I want you just to look, look on, the, on the screen. And the first one is in Living Bible. So the first scripture is 2 Timothy 1.9. It is he who saved us and chose us for his holy work. Not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan. The next, Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And then 1 Peter 4.10. As each one has received a gift, minister it one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. 
Now, many of you instinctively know that we were saved by God for service. I mean, I mean, for, to do something. We, like I said, we have that within us. Many of us know that. So I guess my question is, why, why are there so many Christians that sit on the sidelines? Or, or why do so many Christians seem like that they, they, this, the relationship with God is more of an organization that they've joined and a way to live? You know, uh, there's some of us that were raised Christian, and we just think, oh, this is what you do. You go to church, you do right, and you do good. Well, I believe, it's my personal opinion, that one of the reasons so many Christians, and I say sit on the sidelines, I know it's a really generalization there. I'm talking about believers that if you walked around with them all day long, you wouldn't see God at work anywhere. You might see him pray every once in a while, open the Bible every once in a while, but by and large, they're not serving, they're not, it's not coming out as joyful countenance, and you know what I mean? They're not out there making a difference for the world, for, for God. And, I, you know, I'm not trying to judge that you have to do all this stuff to prove that you're a Christian, but we're going to find out that it's all about what God wants, not what we want. So if we're, if we're truly in love with God, Jesus said, if you have the love of God in you, then you're with me. But if you don't have the love of God, then you're not with me. So when we have the love of God in us, that produces stuff. I guess that's my point. The love of God produces stuff. So if we look at Christians and we don't see any stuff, God's not, a lot, God's not performing miracles. He's not, he's not leading them. They're not changing lives around them. And you, just, you just see some people. It's like, wow, look how God is using them. Well, I believe that for many Christians... The answer is that they do not understand a love relationship with God, that it's even possible, like this story. They're kind of here out of obligation or just thinking, oh, no, this is what I have to do. This is what good people do. Well, that is not going to cut it. We can't go any further if we don't understand that God wants us to have a love relationship with him. And as we fall in love with him, we want to do, just like a married couple, we want, to, we want to do stuff that he wants to do. And it's just beautiful. Guess what? I got great, this is good, good news, that the God of this universe designed you for a love relationship with him. If you're not experiencing it, oh boy, you've got good days ahead of you. And I'm, we're going to talk about that some more. Now, the subject of serving God by serving others you know, serving at the church, serving out in the world, is high on God's list of priorities. Very high. God loves people. God sent his son to save people. It's all about people. It's not about creating this wonderful place like Disneyland. Go play. No, that's not why he created us. He didn't create us to go play. You know, oh, here's this earth. Fill it and enjoy it. Well, yeah, that's part of the, that's part of the, of the, the deal that we got. But he's all about people. So if, if our life isn't about people, it's kind of like we might need some marriage counseling. Jesus said, this is eternal life, 
In John 17, 3, he said, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. The heart of eternal life is knowing God. What are we going to do in heaven? (laughs) We're going to be knowing God and knowing Jesus Christ. So our time on earth, as we get to know him, he's going to be talking to us about stuff. We're going to get there. Now, I know some of you might think, well, you know, this is an invisible God. I don't know how to have a love rela- I don't know how to have a love relationship with an invisible God. Well, yes, that is why we come to church. That is why we have the Word of God. That is why we have each other to encourage one another to understand what it means to have a love relationship. But like I said about marriage comp- marriage seminar, when we're looking at our Christian experience, what we have this morning, this is the marriage seminar. Talking about your relationship with God. This is the marriage seminar. This isn't the marriage. This is the marriage seminar. We're giving you some ideas on, on how to communicate better. We're giving you ideas on how to you know, not be self-centered. We're, we're, we're talking about uh, what love is all about. That's kind of one of the things I want to talk to you about. Why is this hard? I have two of my, my daughters here, and they're not teenagers anymore, but when they were teenagers, if I was trying to describe to them what love is like, I don't know. I can't. Hmm, what love's like? Oh, you warm fuzzies on the inside. You know, it's hard to talk about. What is love like? What does it feel like to love? Hmm. But then I would go on to talk to my daughters, and I would say, well, it's not until you've spent adequate time with one another, with this other person, that you start experiencing things with them, like the way they respond to the bad driver on the road. Oh, the way they, you know, talk to these young children. All these different things in life, as you experience them together, you get to know them, and then eventually, you're like, wow, I really like this person. I think I might want to spend the rest of my life with this person. Experience a little bit more. I think I love this person. You experience each other. If we are in church talking about God in theory at the marriage seminar, week after week after week, but we're not experiencing him out there, we're not going to know if we love him. Isn't that kind of simple? (laughs) We have to have experience. I love the play on words. I didn't say this first service, but as we experience God more and more, we become experienced with God. You know, we we can't become experienced in something unless we experience it. And I've already told you, I've already discussed the fact you can't fall in love with someone until you've spent time with them and experienced things with them. Here's an example about experiencing God. Let's say that you had someone dear to you, and you've been coming to this church, and we've been getting teachings that, hey, God's still in the healing business. There's scriptures that say that, hey, Jesus, he bore stripes so you could be healed. Scripture says that all came, all was, were healed by Jesus, that the elders laid hands on the sick and they were healed. And you've, you've got these scriptures, but now all of a sudden you have someone who's dear to you 
And all of a sudden, all this truth is welling up in you, and you're, I believe this. God wants this person to be healed. He wants to use me as an instrument for healing. And you lay hands on them in faith, and they become healed. You just experience the power of God working through you. Do you think that your life would be different after that day? Would you be more willing to lay more hands? Oh, you're sick? Come here. We can't. How can we say we believe in healing if we've never tried to heal anybody? How can we say that we believe that God's love wants to flow through me to love someone unlovable to bring them into a relationship with God unless we actually do it? And then, wow, we just, we just feel God's love flowing through us that we didn't have. And the person is moved by the Spirit of God, which is residing within us, and they make a decision for Christ. And we're like, whoa, I didn't know I had that in me. That's experiencing God. If you don't feel close to God and you have never experienced God, boy, I don't blame you for not feeling close. I'm not trying to throw guilt and condemnation. I'm just trying to let you know. This is my, remember, this is the marriage seminar. I'm trying to let you know. I'm trying to just kind of get into your, into your brain a little bit that there's something more. There's something more in your walk with God. You could actually experience God working in and through you. So, I know some of you were at a place where you could say, oh, it's fine for you to say. I've been waiting on God to show up for years. Mm, okay. Or some of you might be, have just gone through a tragedy. You know, where was God in this tragedy? No matter where your circumstances are, or where you are and, and whatever is going on in your, in your heart, I want you to know that God's real. God's alive. There is a God on the throne in heaven that wants to change things in your life. Why isn't he just... Okay, there's some mysteries to this walk with God, but not that many mysteries. We can go to the scripture and answer almost every one of those questions we have. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but... Well... I got bad news. Most of the most of the reasons are has to do with us. I, you know, I don't want to. You know, let's not throw a wet blanket on this thing. But most of the time, we're missing it with God is because of us. We're trying to we're trying to put God in our own box and figure out. You know, you know, I'll, are you treating God like a genie? I don't know. I don't. He's not a genie. Yeah, but I prayed. What happened? Did you hear anything? I don't know. When we, those of us, and I've not, I, believe me, I'm not walking this perfect union with God, but I'm going that direction. That's why we're here. Remember, this is the marriage conference. We're going that direction, but I don't make my big strides with God until I experience God out there. The first time I stand on something in the Word, that seems too big, and I stand on it and I say, Lord, you said this is true. I'm not, I'm not crossing this line. I know it's true. And then he comes through because I counted on him. When you have those kind of things that happen, 
you now know the Lord a little bit better. I don't have time for all my stories. I got so many stories. The reason I'm here having this opportunity is from these big stories that I had to make a decision. Do I trust God? Do I not trust God? Is God alive? Or am I on my own? And, I, and, I, and sometimes I went on my own and I suffered for it. That's what's happening with some of you. And other times I went this way with God, said, God, I trust you. I'm not going to do anything about it. Your word says that you've got my back. Psalms 35 says, Contend for me, O Lord, with those who can to contend against me. Rise up and take shield and buckler and come to my aid. May those who are devising all these lies, may they fall into their own pit. Okay, thanks, Lord. I know, thanks for getting me. And guess what? He rescued me. I didn't have to do anything. Do you think I learned a little bit about my walk with God? Oh, yes, I did. Here, here is something that I want you to get. It's, it's something that I, I, don't, I don't do the three-point sermons. I don't know. I don't do this often enough. But I have two points that are related to each other, and I've already talked about it. As we experience God through that love relationship, our heart's desire is to serve other people because that's what he's all about. Okay, so we have those two things that we, wanna, we all want to do. So the good news is, here are three points that I want you to, to take away so that you don't think that you're on your own in those two things. Okay, I've got to figure out how to love God, invisible God. Wow, okay, I'll figure that out. And then I've got to start serving people. No, here's the good news. When you're in this love relationship and you experience God, you can clearly be led one day at a time by the Holy Spirit. Clearly. Led one day at a time by the Holy Spirit. Two, you can hear when God speaks to you. Have I got your attention yet? I promise you. You can hear when he speaks to you. Number three, then you'll be able to experience God actually working through you. Friends, it's all about experiencing him in our lives. If we don't have any experiences with God, how can we get to know him? He's not a fictional character. He's not a way of thinking. Like most religions, most religions are a way of being, a thought. Be like this. Well, no, that's not who we are. We have a love relationship with a person, the living God. Once you understand that, that he doesn't want you to serve him out of obligation, but he wants you to serve him out of this this intimate relationship, like that marriage story, everything is different. So you might think, okay, well, what comes first? Do I got to figure this love relationship with God out, and then I can serve? Well, actually, they go hand in hand. Because remember I said you can't really fall in love with God until you experience him? And you can't really experience him until you get your eyes off yourself and you start doing something for God, for others. So one of the, the ways that you experience God is by saying, here I am, send me. And you go, and you do. You go reach out. You go heal the sick. You go love on the unlovable. You go, you, you go uh, serve at the church. You start putting yourself out. Because you know what? When we get so much focus on ourselves, and I've been there, so I'm not, I'm not accusing fingers. I'm doing, I'm doing the, four, or the th- four fingers to myself when I'm pointing at you. 
When we get inwardly focused, it results in depression. <laughs> no matter how you look at it. Even if you're proud at yourself, just wait. Pretty soon you won't be. You know, it's, when we're inwardly focused, it doesn't work. We end, up, we end up really feeling like a loser. We get depressed. But when we get outwardly focused, and yes, we're talking about outwardly focused to a big God who actually wants to have a relationship with us. And guys, I know this is harder. We have a men's breakfast coming up next Saturday. And guess what? I've led a men's ministry for, for 16 years before, a different church. And so I know you men. About 60% of you, like, uh, no thanks. I don't need any more friends. Thank you very much. <laughs> Many of us guys don't need any more friends. In fact, we'll say, oh, yeah, I got my family. That's all I need. And okay, every once in a while, that could affect a man and sometimes a woman with, our, with that love desire. I mean, the desire to have a love walk with God. And that's why sometimes we don't actually get to that place of, of really wanting to have that love walk with God until we hit something bad. <laughs> hit disaster in our life. Oh, God! <laughs> Oh, I want you so bad, you know. But it doesn't have to be that way. We could have a love walk with him right now and then enter into serving. So it's through experience we will grow more in love with God, which will cause us to spend more time with him, which will give him the opportunity to tell us what he wants us to do in and through us, which will make us spend more time with him. Does this make sense? As we spend time with him and experience him actually doing stuff through, through us, listen to this. I don't know if I had her, that her put this on, so just listen. Allow the Spirit of God to bring you into an intimate relationship with the God of the universe. And here's the quote from Ephesians 3.20. Who is able to do immeasurably more then all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. So as we enter into this love relationship with God, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, can you imagine we're going to have some pretty good experiences with God? Immeasurably more than we could even dream of. And his great power working in us. I mean, we're going to have some great experiences. And then it's like we don't even have to have marriage conferences anymore. <laughs> Truly, I mean, if, if we, if us, as Christians, if we really understood this marriage relationship with the Lord and how he wants to be about, this would be more of a, hey, let's just gather and celebrate every once in a while. We would be so busy out there just reaching the lost. That's another subject. <laughs> Because this can be confining, just having church. It's more. It's out there. One of my favorite scriptures is Second Chronicles 16.9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong, to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Some scriptures will say, for those whose hearts and minds are set on him, he will show himself strong. The key to a closer walk with God is to serve God by serving others. Because that's what God's all about. He's about people. 
So, you know, if we get inwardly focused, it's depressing. If we get outwardly focused, it's exciting because God is now working through us. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste. That's that experience. Psalms 34, 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. So I talked to you about... um, about being able to hear from God, right? So we're going to be led by the Spirit day by day. And you can go into uh, Galatians 5. It talks about staying in step with the Spirit. And the Spirit, all, all sorts of scriptures and acts where the, the, the apostles were led by the Spirit, for, forbade to go into a certain place. And so the Spirit's going to guide you day by day. But God wants to speak to you. Now, he'll speak to you through his spirit. He'll speak to you through the supernatural word of God. He'll speak to you through through others, like my voice right now. And sometimes he'll use circumstances to speak to you. In the Old Testament, he spoke through dreams and visions and and certain types of signs and, and all sorts of ways. But you know what? It wasn't the way God spoke to people in the Old Testament. It was that he spoke to people. And that, people knew he was, they were, he was speaking to them. They heard. God does not change. He's the same today and tomorrow. I have, it's too long of a story, but I've had an audible voice. Now, it came from somebody, but it was an audible voice from God. I was at such a desperate place six years ago that I cried out, God, if you're real, I need you to speak to me in an audible voice now. I was at the end. Remember the inwardly focused? I was in depression. I was so inwardly focused. And God honored that cry. So let's turn... Well, actually, this first scripture is NIV, so why don't you look on the screen? Um, There's a big truth that we need to know that's going to make all this easier. If we know that we're actually going to spend time with God, feel His leading, hear His voice which gives us something to do, and then we go do it, and then as we do it, we experience God working through us, which is like, whoa, this is real. And then we go back. If we, if we understood that, you all, all of you would be like, you know, shouting up and jumping up and down and shouting and let's go do it now. I mean, this is not that easy as a subject to grasp, I understand. We can say it in here, and another thing is you know, how it goes out. But if, if we really knew that God is going to speak to me, and I'm going to hear him? That made a difference in my life. So this first scripture is Hebrews 1.1. This is from the NIV. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. So he's speaking to us. Uh, You can turn here, John 14 verse 26. We're going to have three scriptures in John, so this is all uh, New King James Version, if you have that. So I'll take, I'll let you turn there. John 14, verse 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your, your remembrance all things I have said to you. So Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would come. When he leaves, someone just like himself would come and he'd dwell within us and speak to us the things that God wants us to hear. 
In John 16, Jesus continues describing that relationship with the Holy Spirit that he promised would come. John 16, verses 13 and 14. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. This is such an important part of our love relationship with God is hearing him. In a marriage relationship, if you're not hearing each other, it's not going far. Well, my prayers just seem like they're hitting a brick wall. They're not. They're not. Maybe put these on. Remember two, one. So keep praying. Double your listening. Double your listening. Remember, we're a spirit being. We're a three-part being. We're a spirit, soul, and body. Our spirit was resurrected from the dead when we became born again. If you don't understand that, this sermon doesn't make any sense. If you're just dealing with your five senses and your logical brain, well, you probably don't believe in God, number one, and you for sure don't believe that God can speak to you. We have a spirit being that it, the, the scriptures promise in 1 Corinthians that our spirit was resurrected with Christ. His spirit came into our spirit and resurrected it from the dead. So we have the mind of Christ within us. But we have to get on the same page. So sometimes we're just using this when we read scriptures and not our spirit. And I, I, that's not my subject to, this morning, but you know, a lot, this will make so much more sense if you understand our spirit has everything we already need. You know the fruit of the spirit, Galatians? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, gentleness. Probably something else. We may, faithfulness, we may think, like Tim, I'm going to pick on Tim again. There's this guy down there, he's just so unlovable. He's a big, burly guy, he looks like he's never showered, I don't know, at least last five years. And, and he looks, he has a shade, oh, I, he's unlovable. And man, he's like, he's like snarling at me. And, but I have, that's right, I have the Spirit of God within me. I have love, supernatural love that's, I'm going to put on that love because that's coming from God. No matter how I feel, oh, I'm, I'm making a decision to put on that love and I'm going to go reach him. And I know that the Spirit of God is, is within me. He's given me the power. It's the power of God working. And so I'm just going to, I'm scared. I'm such a tiny guy compared to him. And I'm, but I just go. Why? Because the Spirit has the love. The Spirit has the power. And I trust it. And then I go. And then I see God do an amazing thing in Tim's life. I just experienced him. It's like, wow. God's cool. So my point, you may be saying, this is not my experience. Well, this has not been my experience with God. So my challenge to you is, go by the scriptures about what your relationship with God can be like and not your experience. As you trust the scripture of what your life with God can be like, 
you will start experiencing God more and more, falling more in love with him, and then you'll be about my father's biz- our Father's business. Then you'll just want to serve. And we won't have all these holes and all these openings in the church just begging for more people to help. There won't be people lost that are just wandering the streets. People will be coming up and reaching them for Christ. So experience God out there. This is our marriage seminar. Out there, Micah said, I mean, uh, Malachi says you could put them to the test. Put them to the test. I think he's going to show up. Let's stand right now. Let's continue our worship experience in song. And I want you to worship him within your heart, knowing that there is a God of the universe that wants to have a relationship, a love relationship with you. And then I'll be back in a little bit to close. So no one leave yet. A little bit more.